So this week on the How To Be 60 podcast, we meet Sherry Lever, who at 59 decided on a career change. She became a dominatrix. What's not to like? They come in, they fall to their knees, they worship me, they kiss my boots. They're always telling me I'm beautiful. Christ, I'm in my 70s. Why wouldn't I love that? And I'm wondering how to be 60. It's scaring the shit out of me. So welcome all to another look at life beyond the big six. So with me, Kay Adams and her, Karen McKenzie, um, looking... White bronzed. <laughs> I've got a burnt nose. Rather pleased with yourself. Nails painted, which is, oh, and Quite chips. tacky. And I know. Just the one. Oh, I know, but you're right. You spoiled it. It shows that they're not gel. They're real. Yeah. But actually, nobody does real nails nowadays. Do they not? Just gel ones. And... I painted my nails, funnily enough. My mum always had immaculate nails and she always loved getting them painted. Do you but... do your toenails? I do my toenails. It's interesting that, yeah. toenails, but not... Yeah, I know. I mean, Funny, I met a woman the other day who came up to me and said, I used to do your mum's nails in the town that she lived. God, I nearly cried. Great? It was so oh, funny because oh. she always had lovely nails. Anyway, so you've been on holiday. Where were you? In Valencia. So it's all this shit about the camper van. We've been in a sex festival in Puglia. <laughs> We've been in Valencia. <laughs> no. It's the camper steer. van being sold. Exactly. on eBay now. It's still linking coal to go away in the camper van. <laughs> You'd need a flaming 50 you're tall a, duvet. You're a fake, you're a phony, you're an imposter. <laughs> so this rat last year about being in a camper van. But I mean, God almighty, it's still flaming minus one some nights. <laughs> you are coming round to my way of No, no, yes. no. April, April. Aye. It's all going to change. Aye. May, Aye. I wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't even see me during the summer, I'll be off ski. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. <laughs> um, did you go with Stephen? I did. For the first time. I, for the we, first time? For the, yeah, for the first time. He's not been away since, well, pre-COVID, 2019, Ooh. I know. So he's been learning Spanish for the last, God knows how many years. Yeah, dueling. I think you've been doing that as well, haven't you? <laughs> nice to know you're supportive. <laughs> no, I tried it, but I gave up. And uh, so he always been into practice and it was good. So how'd you get on the two of you then? But we do live together. So it's no, not no, but it's different, different being on holiday. Really well, different being on holiday. Because it's 7 Yeah. Well, it wasn't really. We went our different ways sometimes. Did you? Eh, not often. Not often. But we were on the bikes. Oh, my God. My arse is sore. I go, I've got a bike here and I'm on it quite a lot. But my God, it was a different saddle. And see, you know, when you're on it for, I don't know, six or seven hours in a day and then you go back on it the next day and it's really sore. What are you sitting on a bike for six or seven hours? Yeah, just going around the streets. I have to say it's so cycle friendly. This was a good holiday, was it? It was lovely. But you're not talking, you know, know, either I'm in front and he's in front and yeah, you stop for breakfast, you stop for lunch and yeah, you end up talking at at the end of the day. No, it was good. We actually got on all right. Oh, that's Yeah, Miss Bonnie, Miss Bonnie the The dog. dog, Lots of food. God, the food's fantastic. I like to do my food. I like to do my research, I should say, in food. Yeah. And uh, were you controlling his food? No, I decided not to. But since it's come back, the disappointing thing is, actually, he has put on weight. You sound like a Jack Russell Terrier. <laughs> he got up and he got up in the middle of the night for a pee and I heard him go on the scale. He came back and I said, be better going in the morning after you've had another pee because there's so many more hours. But anyway, he got up this morning and he said, yeah, you're right. I've lost another pound and a half. Do you know, if, if a bloke controlled his oh my female God. partner's I'd be diet. Raging. I'd be the, raging. I mean, it just it would be seen as abuse. That's because I know better. 
No, but I mean, it's really quite interesting. If- I have the excuse, sorry to interrupt, but I will, that Stephen's had a heart attack and I like to try and pretend. But and it it's is his heart. It's not your heart. It's yeah, up to but- him to control his food, not you. You're being controlling. If he was controlling you like this, people would have words. See, and this is this is actually perfect. There's a perfect theme for our guest this week. That's probably yeah, you're right. It is the one thing we've got in common is controlling. I I, no, I no, you are controlling. I I do not control Ian. No, you don't. But you control me. You control this whole podcast. You control a lot of things around this. Well, that's because you do piss all. I've got to do it. But honestly, no, joking aside, I do not control Ian. I would never control his food. Point the fingers, right? Controlling if I, I need to sort him out, and this is why I'm so excited about our guest today, whose professional name is Mistress Sophia. Um, her real name is Sherry, and we're going to call her Sherry because she's a friend. Um, um, and she is a dominatrix. She's going uh-huh. to explain what all of that is. Uh, but part of it is, I guess, controlling. Well, she'll tell us. And and I would like to know from Sherry how I can stop Ian watching the television in bed because it drives me effing mental. Do you know what? There shouldn't be a television in the bedroom. Do you not think? No. Oh, I think I remember talking about this before. It's something at the three S's. It's sex, sleeping. I can't remember the other one. Well, let's try and think. Sex, sleep, and maybe oh. it's just two. That's just what I've discovered. I can't remember. What else oh, to do man, in the bed? What would it be? I don't know. We'll have to think. Um, Anne has been in touch. Says, do you think you should bring Ian and Stephen onto the podcast? Oh, when Stephen comes, to, when he came to see us at the Edinburgh Festival, and when he came to see us when Elaine C. Smith was on, he sat at the back. I had friends come along, and they invited him to sit with him. He said, "No, nah, no, that's all right." Sat at the very back, so he couldn't be seen. So he could make a quick ebs- exit. Uh, well, Anne says, "I think it would be great oh, to hear their versions of living with you, pair of postmenopausal ladies, oh, all in good taste." I think that's a dreadful idea. Mm, no, we're, Anne, we're not going for it. Sorry about that. Absolutely Sorry about not. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do see from the photograph you sent for for to me from your holidays that you and Stephen have been vibrator shopping again. Saw that and I thought of you. <laughs> Did not know the shop was shut. <laughs> not that <laughs> I would have gone in it anyway, but. Why? That is quite good. You sent me a photograph of like five very lurid vibrators. <laughs> one was electric blue, one was electric pink. So you can remember more about them than I can. Well, I mean, it was blazoned into my mind pink. and it was th- saw these and thought of you. And I thought, oh, my, <laughs> this Not is <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yes. Did you buy one? No, didn't go into the shop. I had no interest in going into the shop. No. Uh, no. I just thought, oh, how funny. Look at this, Stephen. I'll send a picture to Key. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know, it's funny. I don't know. I wasn't going to say this, but I've never bought a vibrator. I am very honest about this. So you've actually never used one? Uh, no. But I don't suppose you're I gonna, somebody's going to lend you one. Oh, please. But I think the black ones are particularly aggressive. Aye. They're, they're a wee bit... I think if I was, I'd want one with flowers on it. No, you know, do something a bit friendly. Flowery, or maybe like a, they, some sort a wee of smiley of... face on the end of it or something. That's interesting. You've never used a vibrator. Well, there you go. I'm a very honest person. I really wish I hadn't said that, and I'm You're probably not. going to edit it out. Anyway, we've got a couple of <laughs> emails before we speak to Sherry. So this is from Deborah. She says, I'm 60 on the 1st of April 2024, uh, next year, basically. I'm still unsure how I feel. I've been single for 10 years, which I've not dealt with very well. Still work full-time, plan on working as long as I can uh, due to only my income, 
couple of uh, good friends, but most of my work colleagues are the same age as my two daughters. So I struggle with my social life, which is zero. Life really revolves around my daughters who both left home and both have a son. I look after them one day a week, um, but find myself waiting for either of them to ask me to babysit because I've got nothing else to do. Uh. Ten years ago, my opinion on being 60 would have been different as I was in a relationship with money, security and a person to share my life with. I now don't have any of that. So I think of it as a number rather than a significant part of my life. And I thought I would do that email from Deborah just because, you know what, we do do a lot of, which is good, people having a great time at 60, people really sort of uh, reclaiming their freedom. and But the reality is, for a lot of people like Deborah, it's not a great time of life. No. Well, it sounds like it wasn't Deborah's choice. It's not Deborah's choice to be single. It sounds like when she was 50, this is not how she expected life to be. And yet now it just all sounds a bit... Crap, doesn't it? Yeah. It's amazing how much we pin on a relationship. Mm. And I think that's a really natural thing to do for women because you're kind of brought up to believe that a relationship is kind of the center of your life. And and if that is there, then, you know, even if it's not a great relationship, it's still kind of society sees you as being in the right kind of order. But that's horrible, isn't it? If you're in a rubbish relationship. Yeah. Oh, God. Would you not prefer to be on your own? I mean, if you and Stephen, for whatever reason, you weren't together, do you think you would look for another relationship? I suppose I think, I believe, or maybe it's just that I don't want to die alone, but then I've got, you don't want to put it on your children, but I've got, I'm lucky enough to have both my daughters living near me at the moment. But before, I mean, I've been with Stephen 10 years now. I lived on my own for, I don't know how long, 20 years or whatever 15 years on my own and absolutely fine with that. Now, okay, you go back into a bit of a lull when you're living with somebody, but I think you do what you have to do on your own and you make a different type of life on your own. And actually, I did enjoy it. It's just different. Maybe I'm not making sense. Would I look for another relationship? Oh God, you just wouldn't want to go back online again. And if that, those are the options. And yet, if you were in a bar and somebody came up to you, you'd freak, wouldn't you? You would just think this is weird. I suppose the only way I would like to meet somebody after this is if you, it came through a friend and you would get, what am I trying to say? You know, um, a blind date or something. No, not a blind date. Yeah, that they would know you. They would be able to vouch for the person that you're going out with because I don't think I could be arsed. Yeah. Ah, oh, going online again. I did it before and oh my God, it's depressing. And yet there are great stories out there, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't You're not selling that, it but... to me, I have to say. But anyway, listen, Deborah, thanks for getting in touch because as I say, I am aware that we do lots of, hey, I'm having a great time emails, which we love to hear, but you know, it's not necessarily like that for everyone. Um, So please do keep getting in touch. It is podcast at htb60.com. And we're going to speak to Sherry after this. Hi, Sherry. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, we're good. We're good. Um, nice to meet you. Yes, Karen is very interested in your work. I'm going to try and keep her at bay a little bit, you know. <laughs> I am intrigued. I am intrigued. But Yeah, well, obviously we want to hear about your work as a dominatrix, but the reason that I read out Deborah's email was so that we didn't go straight into that. Because when you were in your late 50s, 
not everything was rosy for you either, was it? Absolutely not. And funnily enough, when you were reading that out, it made me think, well, my, my ex-husband left me when I was 59 and it, I was absolutely terrified. And, and I was doing two things. I was grieving, but I was also frantic because my life was mapped out. It came totally out of the blue and um, I was, uh, I just didn't know what I was going to do. So what I did do, I just curled up on the sofa for three months and just stayed there. And it wasn't until I um, got off the sofa and started living that I realised, my God, what a bloody shit 27 years I've had. Oh, really? God. And it was only in hindsight that you kind of acknowledged that. Yeah, because he controlled me. I had no dominant side then because he kept me under the thumb. So I was absolutely liberated. Once I got the hang of stuff, I thought, oh, my God, I should have done this years ago because I would have booted him out. So describe Sherry of 25 years ago. Oh, drinking violet, no confidence whatsoever, um, and towed the line for it. For an example, if we went abroad, I never, ever touched money because he said, you don't know what you're doing. I'll sort the money out. So if ever I wanted anything, even a loaf of bread, I would have to say, well, we need some bread. I mean, what? <laughs> Could you see me doing that now? Oh, my God. Were you aware at the time that you were being dominated, that you're being controlled? No. The thing is, he was very clever, so he kind of, drifted into it and 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 took me with him so it was so, called it everyone else could see it but I couldn't Gosh. and it was only afterwards that people say, and my children now say I'm a different person that I've in, I've changed for the better and I think it's because of what I do you know I wouldn't dream it not just in a relationship anything like going into a shop if somebody pushed in I just stand back now I'd say, oi, what do you think you're doing? Get back, you know? I mean, you said it was out of the blue. So at the age of 59, what he just said, it's over. I'm, I'm going or what? Well, he wasn't particularly brave about it. I came home from work and um, we had a caravan and it was not on the drives. And so I walked in and said, well, oh, where's the caravan? And um, he just said, uh, oh, it's at the factory. Um, I'm going to live in it. I'm leaving. Well, And, and I, do you know what I said? the most stupid thing and I regret it till the day I die because his family afterwards they it was it was a big joke because I just had this bag and I just said but I bought you a yum yum why did I say that so his sister for his birthday after he left she made a cake for his birthday in the shape of a yum yum yeah very funny it's funny now but it wasn't funny at the time and um yeah, and then he said that he'd fallen out of love with me. And then I found out that he'd been having an affair for four years. And shortly after, he moved in with her, and now they're married. So, and you know what? If I, I, I would love to see her because cause we were quite good friends. We went out for dinner. We went to a barbecue, this sort of thing, you know. And um, But I would like to see her to thank her for setting me free. So I guess it was about three months i I mean, I didn't go to work. I tried to go to work. What were you working as? I was a chef at the time. So I was chopping tomatoes and just crying. So they sent me home and I had another six weeks or so at home. 
And it was, and I'd lost about three and a half stone in it. I mean, I looked dreadful. I didn't even look in a mirror, but I just looked dreadful. And my, my daughter sat on the sofa one day and she was crying. And I said, what's wrong? What's happened? And she just said, I think you're going to die. And I know it sounds so dramatic, but that's honestly how she felt. And it was like somebody switched a light switch. The next day I was up dressed I, and I stopped wallowing. And that's when I looked at the finances and realized that he planned to leave me a year before. They'd gone out and bought a house together. They'd done all sorts while he was still with me. I had all sorts of debts. He hadn't paid the mortgage. He hadn't paid the bills. So I was in a real bad way. And I knew I needed to do something other than a part-time chef. And I was flicking through the channels one night and I came across this program about phone chat girls, phone sex girls, whatever you want to call it. And I thought, no, I could do that. It meant what it, what it did was it made me laugh. So I asked my children, I said, what, how do you feel about me doing that? They've always been supportive and they all said, if you want to do that. And my, my younger son said, mum, I've only got to say sex and you go bright red. I said, well, let's see how it goes. I wasn't very worldly wise, but I learned from my mistakes. Like I had one call and he said, um, I'm really into water sports. And I said, uh, I started talking about jet skiing, <laughs> been jet skiing. And he actually said, are you taking the piss and put the phone down on me? <laughs> oh my God, uh, I would be with you. What is it then? <laughs> I let them drink my nectar from a dog bowl. Oh, so they want to drink the urine. Oh my yes. God. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, I thought it was peeing on them. No, not necessarily. Some like that, but I wouldn't do that. Imagine a mess in my playroom. Good Lord. No, imagine the view. Yeah. So when you first started doing this, and I mean, how long have you been doing it now, Sherry? 12 years, I think. 12 years. Yeah, because you were 72, is that right? Uh, Yeah, I'm 72 in May, so 12, 13 years. Yeah. So when you first were doing it, did you think, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm desperate for the money, It's uh, you know, and feel uncomfortable about it? Or did you immediately think, way, I've discovered something and I wish I'd discovered it before? When I first started, I, I, I won't beat about the bush, I was terrified because, you know, it's one thing talking on the phone, but I'd learnt a lot on the phone, but not really. I'd learnt in theory, but not in practice. So that was another hurdle. Uh, the first one that came to me, he bought me a present and he bought me a cane and asked if I would cane him. I thought, oh my God, he wants to be caned. Anyway, I walked up and down, swishing it around, hoping that that would appease him and that's all that, you know, uh, until he eventually said, well, are you going to cane me, mistress? So I thought, well, I'm going to have to, I've got to. So I would use my, my daughter uh, did a course at beauty therapy thing. So she still had the bed. So I was using that before I got my leather one. And um, so he bent over there. I'll tell you how I managed to do it. And this is no word of a lie. I pretended he was my ex-husband. And that's how I was able to do a really bloody good job. (laughs) When he started crying out, I was in my element. Have you ever thought to yourself, what the fuck am I doing? No, because I love what I'm doing. I often think, what the fuck's he doing here? (laughs) Do you know what? I tell you what, if I won the lottery, I would still do what I do. What's not to like? 
they come in, they fall to their knees, they worship me, they kiss my boots. They, oh, they're always telling me I'm beautiful. Christ, I'm in my 70s. Why wouldn't I love that? Even if they don't mean it, they, they feel it. One of the things is you'd be amazed how many uh, submissives want an older woman. So I do a lot. I get a lot coming to me because I'm an old dear. <laughs> Can I ask Sherry about um, like the first time? Because you're obviously inviting strangers into your home. Did you ever feel frightened or fearful or of your life? Or um, my my kids would always say, "Don't just do it when I'm somebody's at home." Mm. And and for a while, I I I would do that, you know. And then, but it didn't take me long to realise that. Everyone that comes through my door, they're just submissive and they're terrified of me. I never feel intimidated, but I do have pepper spray. So I could just grab it and, you know, yeah. I've got so much that I could grab and attack them with. Trust me, I wouldn't. What do you think it is all about? You know, I mean, I know you get a huge range of guys, you know, very, very professional guys, guys doing ordinary jobs. But there's a co- there's obviously a common denominator here. The common denominator, and I'm using that as a very widely, is the fact that they like to be dominated. But everybody has their own agenda. There are always different reasons. Funnily enough, one of the reasons is because they had a very dominant mother, and others, um, as you said, they've got very uh, demanding jobs. It's very stressful. They walk through my door, and they. They just want to pass everything over to me. They want me to put a little pink frock on them, give them a feather dust and put them to work. And then they they leave here with a smile on their face. And are they turned on? Well, the thing is, anything turns a man on, doesn't it? To me, there is nothing sexual about it as far as I'm concerned. I don't. It doesn't do anything for me whatsoever. So you never get turned on? Absolutely not. If I get my thrill here. And and with adrenaline, but I'm never turned on sexually. Christ, you'd have to wake the dead for that to happen. (laughs) (laughs) But of course they are to a certain extent, but a lot that comes to me, they're in chastity anyway. So it's just painful. But I do CBT and stuff like that, which is because I get a lot of masochists and they enjoy the pain. And I'm a sadist. I enjoy giving the pain. Um, like I said, if I won the lottery, I would just have a few more things, but I wouldn't give it up. Gracious, no! I don't do this for the money. What would I? What would a seventy-two-year-old be doing? I, I'd sit in there and I'd get old. I'm going to do this until I'm eighty. That's when my mortgage is paid off, <laughs> thanks to my ex. Do you think? Part of it for you is almost, I don't know, emotional payback. You know, you spent 27 years in a, in a marriage where you got treated like crap. Is it like the tables are turned? You'd be surprised how many asked me that, to be honest. Um, but absolutely not. No, it's nothing to do with that. Um, I mean, I did. I reached a stage where I, uh, I wasn't, I didn't even kind of, I didn't think about him or anything to do with him. I like men. Um, uh, and you know what? There's... Men that come to me, they're the sweetest, gentlest, loveliest men. I mean, they really are caring and I care for them. All right, I might beat the crap out of them. But if they've got um, an emotional problem or if they've got any mental issues, they know they can come to me. In lockdown, I cared for them. 
because I knew how much they were suffering because this is, it's in you. If you've got kinks, you can't just walk away. That's like telling somebody who's gay, oh, you've got to be straight. You can't. If you've got that kink in you and you've had it all most of your life, you can't suddenly say, well, I've met somebody now. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to cross-dress anymore. I'm not going to, I can't be caned anymore. They leave it behind. They move in with their wife or their partner. And before you know it, they're on antidepressants because they're suppressing everything that that is them. I'll tell you a story. And this just says it all to me. I had this sub that started coming to me. He, he came to me for about three and a half years. And so I learned quite a bit about him. He'd been married for 30 years. He um, had terrible bouts of depression. He would, he'd been on antidepressants. His marriages had nearly ended because his wife couldn't understand what the problem was. He started coming to me and it all poured out that this was what he'd been missing. This was what he needed. And he came to me um, once a month for three and a half years and then lockdown. And um, on the second lockdown, I had an email and it was from his wife. And she said that she'd been sorting some things out, going through stuff. And she'd come across this little book, notebook. And he had written about every uh, session he'd had. He'd written about it and she read it. She sent me this email and she said, I need to tell you that we'd been married for 30 years and most of those years it was a real trial because I couldn't make him out. She said he would get this terrible depression and he was always on antidepressants and then something seemed to change and she said for the last three years he was just like a different person stopped taking antidepressants, was upbeat. He just laughed all the time. And now I understand why, she said, because I found this. And so she said, I'd like, I want to thank you because the last three years of our marriage were the best in the whole 30 years. And then she said, but I think you would like to know that I lost him to COVID. Mm. And, and that really touched me. And I've had a few that I've found out that they've passed. I had an Indian, he was a sissy and um, he died of a heart attack. And it was his manservant that actually messaged me to tell me. What's a sissy? Well, they like to dress in little pink dresses and, oh, you right. know, okay. they look frilly underwear and that sort of thing. It's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, the whole thing about being a dominatrix or when people speak about dominatrix and, and sissies and all these different kinks, as you call them, we do tend to snigger, don't we? And, you know, we want to know the details and it's all nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But what you are talking about here are real relationships, real people, real emotional struggles. Absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. And also, like I do judicials. Now, a judicial is, it's real time. So if somebody comes to me for a judicial, it's because they've done something in their life or they're, they're, they're going through something in their life that they need to change and they've tried everything. Um, I've got two or three alcoholics. Like one of them had lost his family, lived on his own. He's been coming to me for about 10 months. Now, it's a real, real hard caning. 
but we have a long talk as well. And also the fact that he's probably terrified of me, but doesn't want to disappoint me. And they've tried alcoholics or not, they've tried everything. So this is a last resort. Let's give it a whirl. Now he's he has his children at weekends. He hasn't had a drink for, no, he's been coming to me for over a year because it's about 10 months since he had a drink. And I've got a couple that are are the same. They've, they're now reestablishing their lives. They, the only thing I, I do say is they have to check in with me every day. I don't charge for that, but I insist that they text me every day just to let me know that they're, they're sober, that how, how their day's been. And, and it's kind of got that it's now not a day. It's, well, it was twice a week. Now it's once a week. Um, and that would go on for quite some time. It works. Same with gamblers. Uh, I've got a couple of gamblers. I've even got a guy that couldn't stop stealing cars. And now he's too frightened to steal a car. (laughs) 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 I mean, who, who knows how the mind works? I mean, God, I'd never be able to unravel that. But what do you get out of this, Sherry? I get a lot of satisfaction. I love the fact that I'm important to them. But obviously, their families come first. I'm not a fiendom either. I don't take money for nothing. Uh, I work hard. Um, and uh, so I would never want to sort of cause any problem in a marriage. I never feel guilty because it's not sex. They could be visiting an escort, you know. I've got nothing against escorts. I choose not to be one, but I don't feel guilty because sometimes I th- I do feel I help their relationships. I've got one that um, played with his wife for 30 odd years um, and then she developed um, MS. So she can't play anymore, but she didn't want him to miss out. So she said she, he could go, but he, she would, she wanted to choose the Dom and she chose me. So he would come and um, I'd film the session, then send it to her. So she got her enjoyment by watching. Mm. So it's not what people think. Unfortunately, there there are a lot of young escorts that they want another feather to their bow, so they call themselves doms, and they they dominate, and then they have sex and. And that's what gives us the reputation of kind of, you know, um, I get so many, I've had to put it on my website, I do not give hand relief because um, they've been to an escort and that's what they've had at the end. Or, uh, I mean, I even got one who loves, um, uh, old guys come um, for caning and I've got a 1960s desk and all the trappings and we do a little scenario. And he, he came in and he said, I went to one and she left the room. I thought she was going to get a mortal gown on and she came in naked and made me lie down and she sat on me. And he said, well, she told me to get on the floor and I didn't want to because they are so submissive and, and they obey. But he said, I've never gone back. Oh God, this is so bizarre, isn't it? I know, it's really- so, I mean, like. There's no sexual contact. I mean, like you don't get your kit off. I mean, it's... it's Absolutely not. Bloody hell. Well, 72, they leave quicker than they came in. Don't believe that. I kit off. I've got a few pictures that have been tastefully done on my website in sort of a basque and things like that. But I, I do get asked, can you wear a basque and stockings? And I said, absolutely bloody not. So fuck off. 
because <laughs> it's not going to do that. Um, I I like to wear what I want, but if if a sub says to me, I absolutely love leather and PVC, then I I'll wear leather and PVC. You know, you don't see many seventy twos in PVC in that, but in that I can wear what I like. That's the beauty of it. I can I can be a schoolgirl. A few weeks ago, I was head girl in a mm. little in a little grey pleated skirt and a tie and a shirt and and a cane. It's fun. Very proud of who I am and what I do. But that's the clear distinction you make, isn't it? I mean, this is your job. You approach it very professionally. You take it very seriously. And it is separate from your private life. Absolutely. So Mistress Sophia does the job. Sherry lives a life. So where do you get your relationships in in your real life? I mean, do you have a partner? Would you like to have a partner? Or are all of those emotional needs met by what you do professionally? I don't have a partner. And that's that's because that I choose not to. You um, choose not to. Because the last sort of relationship I had, he just nagged me to death about what I do. Mm. I mean, he didn't like it. And I'm always honest. He knew what I did before I even went out with him. That's not really the, the real reason, because I know I could go out with people that accept what I do. It's just that um, I don't want a relationship. And to be honest, I'm not interested in sex now. I really, it's, you know, I've got a choice and I choose not to. And I've got a very good vibrator, so. <laughs> Sorted. Oh, there we go. I'm, I'm clearly in a minority here. <laughs> but I'm, um, I mean, it, I, it's sort of, I've branched out as well. Like I've done, I've got a very good friend who's a, um, a writer and a producer and director. And she's, um, she got in touch with me. She's, she was doing a play uh, called Women, Women of Pensionable Rage. And one of the characters was a dominatrix. And she asked me if I'd do a, a, a talk after the play, which I did. And I, I, I mean, I've n- my mouth's never been so dry, but I just really loved it. I really enjoyed it. And, um, and now she's um, asked if I'm interested in doing a, a tour, uh, an evening with Mistress Sophia. So we're planning on doing that in the autumn. God, I can see why you said you'd like to thank your ex-husband. I mean, it sounds like your life has almost never been better. What would you say to Deborah, the email that I read out? And and I'm not suggesting that you're going to tell Deborah to be a dominatrix, but, you know, 60 next year, not in a relationship, just kind of waiting to be asked to babysit, not knowing what to do. What would you say? I would say life's too short and take the bull by the horns and get out there and just do something. You know, you don't have to reach a certain age and say, well, that's it, my life's... And 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 I do understand it because that's exactly how I was. You know, I was... We'd even planned for me to have a 60th birthday party. I've never, I've never had a birthday party. I cancelled it all, obviously, because he left before I was 60. But... Um, I, I cancelled that because, you know, I'm not going to do anything. That's it now. That's my life. Well, it's not. There's life after husbands, partners. There is life. You don't have to say, well, he's left me. Or, or even if somebody's passed. I mean, I know you, you there's a grieving, but, you know, that person that's gone would still want you to live your life and not say, well, 
he he's died, so I'm going to just wait till I pop off after him. So, and that's more or less what how I was thinking for a couple of months was, well, he's he's gone, so I'm I'll just wait till I die because what am I going to do? Who's going to want me? And what you know? And it's rubbish. Get off your haunches, girl. Get out there. There's life, and you'll love it. Whatever you do, you don't have to be what I'm doing. You're a beautiful person, and sex, sex, and and anything you want to do, don't say because I'm sixty I can't do it because you can, and and she should. We're only here once, and we all deserve to live and live, you know, well. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So how do I get Ian to stop watching the television in bed and how does she get Stephen to lose a bit of weight? He goes to work, you take the television and throw it out the window. <laughs> get rid. I know, I've got to do and, and, and how does Stephen lose weight? Now, I'll tell you what, I've got a couple that come to me for weight and they get punished. I Stephen. put them on the scales. If they haven't lost weight, they'll get some sort of punishment. Like... I- Always, plus sometimes the punishment is right. You go to, to work tomorrow in stockings and panties under your trousers. I think I'd probably see the last of <laughs> You never know, you might be doing it already. <laughs> right, let's play Big Six O Bingo. Right. Give us a number, um, Sherry, between one and 50. 25. 25. Um, how far ahead do you look? Well, not too far at my age. You've got years ahead of you. I I look to when I'm 80 because I want to be still working. So I want to stay fit. After 80, maybe I might wind down a bit, although it's doubtful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Watch the space. Okay, give us another number. Uh, 35. 35. Um, have you got more to do? Oh, absolutely. I've got theatre work I want to do. I want to do stuff abroad. I've already, I went to Bucharest this, this year. I was oh, on nice. a telegram. Um, it was a cookery, cookery program. La Chef de Cuisite or something. Yeah. Mm. I took my slave with me to chop the potatoes and he cut his finger. <laughs> God, <laughs> almighty. <laughs> oh, God. Sherry, listen, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. We've learned a lot. We have. We have learned a lot. Well, that was an education. I'll never look at a jet ski the same way again. Next week, I am very excited to say that we have Lenny Ware from the phenomenally successful Table Manners podcast with us. And listen out for further news on our Edinburgh Festival shows coming up in August. Hopefully Lenny will be able to give us some tips.